big news this week. Fighting is always easier from outside the cage, but which cage? Here to explain which cage and why. We have Canada's uh, third or fourth favorite, probably, fighter, if we're just being honest. New Bellator 170 and 185 contender, Rory McDonald. Rory, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very great, thank you. It's about time you brought me on your show. I couldn't agree more. Why Bellator? Why not go back to the UFC? You seem like you don't like the uniforms. I get it. What else? I don't. It's just because they do everything bigger here and like bigger cages, um, bigger exactly. shirts that they give for promotional use. Oh, that's you mean like XLs? Yeah, I get like a triple XL. That's awesome. Um, bigger projection screens, so like you know the jumbotrons. I don't know what that means. No. Yeah, like in the building. Yeah, when you're on the fight screen, I like Mm. to look up from the cage and see where I am. Sure. There's a jumbo screen. I love the jumbo screen. (laughs) I that sounds. uh, You know, I thought it was going to come down to like maybe Dana texted you something inappropriate, and you were like, "That's it." But no, Dana said some like incendiary stuff that he could never take back. Sure. Well, you sound fired up about it. I'm so fired up. You're obviously going to be a contender. Are you excited? I'm ecstatic. Awesome. Canada is proud. So is America. You know, you you left one division for another rival right as they sold off to China. I love it. You're almost more American. You yeah. should say that. I I I'm here to take over. Perfect. All right. Well, ladies also and, wait. Yeah, I, I have to it. cut and I have to spit some hot fire before I get off this mic. Yeah, <laughs> the floor is yours. Hey, thank you, Rory. Spit us with some hot fire. I'm excited to take on you know whoever is in charge of the 175 and 185 divisions. I don't know their names, but they're bigger. Than the UFC, and they're gonna be wearing better clothes than them. And uh, I'm I'm gonna take over. Uh, you and feel free to call back anytime and spit. I hot will. Fire. We'll I'm, call it spitting hot fire. <laughs> not only do I spit hot fire, but then I like put water on it to put it out so that I don't leave a mess for you. But oh, that's polite. I think it's very a boot professionalism thank you <laughs> rory mcdonald 170 and 185 for bellator which means it's time for verbal tap i am your host kevin with me of course now raf esparza we had to say goodbye to rory raf um wait i gotta tell you rory sounds exactly as fired up as he did in the official press conferences absolutely i don't know how he channels that much energy it seems <laughs> it, like it's draining for him it was draining for me yeah i was like it's the guy definitely sw- draining I, it was like the guy swimming next to phelps it was just like <laughs> uh how do i keep up what's going on you watch a lot of masters worlds you've been soaked up in it uh, I didn't get to see as much Masters Worlds as I would have liked to, uh, but it turns Nobody out I didn't saw as much as they would <laughs> like to. Everybody was like sporadically tuning in. <laughs> Here's what I love about Masters Worlds, and you can tell me any different, but I have a theory as to why they do it this way. Pretty excited to hear. So I'm asking my friends, several of whom are black belts, 
I'm like, hey, when are you going? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing Master's Worlds. And I said, yeah, yeah, well, but when are you up? They said, oh, like Thursday, Friday. And I was like, Thursday, Friday? Thursday. Isn't that the beginning? Like, you're the black belts. Don't they go last? And he's like, no, we, we get it all done and over with. And I thought about it and I go, you know what? That is truly like the Masters. They need naps. They have to get back to retirement homes, so they want to make it earlier so that they can also get in time for the early bird special deals in Vegas. It all makes sense, Kevin. Plus, talk about the draining energy of coaching first and then competing. They're like, fuck that. It was dumb in the beginning. It's dumb now. I don't want to coach these little shitheads to mediocre victories. I want to go have some acai, but I want the competition done. I think you're onto something. I think they also had hammocks for them to go chill out. Amazing. That would be uh, great. They they should <laughs> stream that too. The flow <laughs> grappling would love that. It's like and now Salo's getting in the hammock seems to be pretty pleased with himself. Well, we also need to talk about that in a second, but uh, before we finish this uh, you know, great set of brainstorming for Masters <laughs> Worlds, I just wanted to bring up one thing which is uh, my BJJ podcast arch nemesis, Paul Moran, was taking a photo with somebody and he was really excited. So it's like there is a seat in between him and his friend. And he's taking a photo. And in the background of where that missing seat is, you see an elderly person taking a nap. And I said, no better way to represent you're at Masters Worlds than a person behind you taking a nap <laughs> mid jiu-jitsu competition. Taking a quick snoozer. Yeah. So I, I thought that was amazing. However... If we are talking about Solo, and we'll get to his competitive prowess in just a second, a couple things. Number one, this was not your ordinary Masters. How shitty is that if you're a black belt and you're thinking, oh, man, I'm so tired of these guys always winning at the adult competitions. Now we have our own, and I can do my thing. And I'm sorry, does that say Rafael Lovato Jr. on here? Mm, Well, that can't be. He's still a murderer in every division. I am pretty convinced they are holding uh, court trials for Rafael Lovato Jr. and the murders that he caused. I want an age check. I want an age verification. (laughs) That guy's... By the way, do you see how big he is? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the guy has been, he's come back, he's he's definitely stepped up his training, and he Mm -hmm. just looks imposing. Well, I guess you could say it like this. You know when, uh, like, in the UFC, we get used to fighters bulking up a little bit for, like, big fights, and then they kind of, like, deflate back down to normal? Yeah. With Lovato, you're waiting for that where you're like, oh, he's fighting Cyborg. So, yeah, he probably wanted to be a little bit bigger. And you're hoping that deflation is going to happen. Like, okay, go back to your lanky, normal, <laughs> regular. Oh, my God, you're superhuman. Stay away from me. <laughs> Just uh, he looks very hard to be. Right and I would now. like to say this, too, because I, I feel like it's uh, against the whole – thing that we stand for in jiu-jitsu when somebody at his level is like just trust in the technique and i'm like i can't just trust in the technique i would love to trust in that but nowhere in trust the technique does it have like an apostrophe at the end of it or a parenthetical that says unless you're rolling against a beast like rafael lovato jr he should he should and probably does have his own chapter in the book yeah yeah i guess so fun to see all that hibiero very different. Very, uh, the closeout was emotional. 
It was, and it should be. Uh, you guys should all know that that's how Kevin and I end every role. It's- <laughs> We're just so proud we passed the gold medal to each <laughs> other. We brought a few, so there's plenty to go around. It's just at the end of it, it's like, you made it the full six minutes. Me too. <laughs> We're alive. <laughs> yeah. It's so, uh, the small things. That's the one side of it. The other thing I think that is important to talk about is uh, Solo uh, going through and uh, winning with a broken arm. Did you what see he, this? What was he going to do, lose? I mean, think about the alternative. But he knew he was Busted injured. arm, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people would have been like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withdraw this. There's no reason to uh, hurt, cause myself pain. Just, I guess, not how Solo thinks. And kudos to the students who go he, through that. Because by the way, he mm. had to have rubbed some dirt on it and been like, see that? That's strength. And walked away. Like, so many cool moments when people know <laughs> you're competing with a broken arm and you're like handing him the x ray and you're like, yeah. I'm, about I'm just to saying, do this. kudos to his students because. His students basically now are forever, no matter what he says, and they're like, no, no, you should sit this one out. They got to be like, but you didn't. So I have to. On the same side, I also see like in my brain, this is how it goes down because everything happens funny in my brain. Instead of him saying like, oh, I have an injury or like telling someone like, oh, I'm injured. I should probably sit this one out. It's him just going, hey, I'm injured. And like very quietly being like, but I'm still going to compete. Okay, bye. <laughs> not, and not only compete. Just, he probably did. He probably told like no one. His brother was like, I'm leaking this shit. Oh. Match one. Shanti went over and told someone who was very loud. Shanti like, was probably like, hey, that's pretty good for somebody. That's who, not bad. It's a broken arm. <laughs> It's a me, Mario. Got that's see, why I like to do it. I got to see Jubera coaching a few times. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, that's fun to watch people that have murdered me <laughs> competing. Competing on the live stage. Nicely done. So, I, I Masters Worlds was amazing. Mm. And speaking of someone who would qualify for Masters Worlds, mm. Damian Maya. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome if he showed up at Nogi. It's like, are you fucking joking? That that same guy that competed against Lovato is like, this is bullshit. I want to talk to someone. <laughs> he looks across, he, dude, and in more ways than one. Like your meme is amazing. Mm, thank the, you. It's it's great for those that haven't seen it. Instagram, Facebook, you got to be following us. Content comes fast and furiously. That thing has been shared quite a bit. It's really funny. Wh- which movie is that one? Which space movie? <laughs> which space? Which which time did we go to space in that one? Which time did we conquer some giant? <laughs> that one is actually from Apollo 13. Perfect. And uh, my wife was looking at me because people were asking. Somebody put up. They said, Raph, that was in the chamber, right? Like, you've had that one in waiting. And I said, no, I don't try to jump the memes. Like, I don't try to make moments happen. I just let inspiration come to me. And however I feel is however I feel. I happen to be sitting there. And Damian Maya just doing his shit was like, this is just beautiful. This man took one strike that entire fight. 
from Carlos King Condit, friend of the podcast. Yeah. And we basically we were neutral on this fight for good reason because we like both of the guys. So there was no I'd wrong answer. Most people like it's almost a compliment to them. Mm-hmm. Like if if it wasn't your basketball team that makes it, if you're like a Kings fan or whatever, and you're 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 watching Golden State Cleveland, it's like yes, the two best. I felt like these two are solid, well-rounded, interesting dynamics. Carlos Condit's obviously a very efficient and amazing striker. Maya is who he is. It's a cool stylistic matchup, and they're both pro- pros. Unbelievable domination. Took him down and submitted him in less than a minute. Yeah. So, okay, great stuff. We're all enjoying this. Uh, and everything is going beautifully to the point where I sat down, I got the clip from Apollo 13, and I looked at it, and my wife's like, what are you doing? And I go, oh, I'm making a meme. And I told her what the joke was, and then I played her the clip of the big celebration, which basically says, uh, BJJ practitioners everywhere when uh, Maya sunk in the rear naked choke. And it's this big celebration when they found out that you know they've made it and they've landed. And I told her the whole premise, but just the juxtaposition of looking between those two things, my wife started laughing uncontrollably. And I'm like, she doesn't even do jujitsu, but she understands how much joy we all feel. And of course, we love Carlos Condit. He was a warrior, so it's not even laughing at him. It's just... That's Taking a moment profound. to truly live in an age where you can watch somebody with this kind of jiu-jitsu be this effective and questionably pose a very interesting question to either Tyrone Woodley or Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So, Kevin, yeah, should he jump in line? Fuck yes. <laughs> you just choked out Carlos Condit in a minute. And I think that's what makes this remarkable, right? If he had, you know, if he had fought someone like Neil Magny and choked him out, we'd be like, well, yeah, you know, you got you to gotta watch out. This was Carlos Condit. This is not someone that gets choked out or finished by some of the most amazing fighters on the planet. Damian Maya did it easily. And it's the how easily is the big question. This and was something it's that also I, a string, right? Like it's yes. not like, oh, this one came out of nowhere. It's yeah. on a six fight win streak. Six fight win streak poses those questions, but the biggest statistic of them all is the fact that he has absorbed thirteen significant strikes in four fights. In his fight with Neil Magny, he took zero. Unbelievable. That's an amazing statistic. I don't care how you cut it. I don't care how good you are at jiu-jitsu. We see plenty of people who are pretty good at jiu-jitsu. But his passing is incredible. His ability to just get it. I, I, like Gary Tonin is, is complimenting him in the way where he is saying that not many people understand the level of wrestling that is being put into Damon Maya's jiu-jitsu is. And that combination is deadly. So yes, we can say in this day and age he is using it effectively. I guess the question we as martial artists, fans, fight lovers have to really ask ourselves is, what happens? Where are you Just at? What there? happens? Which one? Do you want Woodley or do you want Wonder Boy? Uh, okay. I wanted um, to get the winner because isn't that rolling? Has that been announced? It hasn't been announced. Uh, well, it they were. Announced? They it were has. Very, yeah, yeah. Because GSP. It, 
Well, because everybody was like up in arms that GSP might jump in line. And we had people being like, no, he can't because, oh, no. And I'm like, no, I'd rather GSP jump in line because he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And so we had people being like, no, Wonderboy Thompson is in the prime of his life. And it's like, dude, he's great, too. But here's the nicest part that I think that speaks to the caliber of the human being of uh, Damon Maya, which is he's like, I will wait. And I'm pretty sure. His corner, because he stopped saying things right at that moment, yelled out, what the fuck did you say? And he's like, uh, uh, I will wait my turn. And the whole time, they think they're looking at him and being like, no, you idiot. No, you won't. You'll take the fucking fight if they give it to you. But that's how respectful he is. And if he did wait it out, he'd be 39. That's insane to think that he would have that high a caliber jiu-jitsu, that it would be competitive with somebody who at least could. Both Woodley and Thompson are very dangerous on the feet. So, yes, I have a lot of question marks. I think he should unquestionably get the shot. If only in that he has proven and made several statements with top-tier fighters, none of which more impressive than Carlos Condit, in a way where he's not sustaining any injury. So I guess what I want to see is a competitive fight with him again. Me too. And wouldn't it be unbelievable if they can't do it? He's 38 and he just submits Tyrone Woodley. That would be phenomenal. Well, it's it's an interesting place to be because you know what their strategy is going to be. And it, it's not Stay entirely away from the ground. But it's not that entirely different. I mean, Condit was saying that he, you know, they were saying Brian Stan was <laughs> 100% uh, the instigator on the microphone where he's like, you know, they're saying... That Carlos Condit has a whole plan if they're able to get him onto the ground. Oh, and he submitted. <laughs> ah. And almost asleep submitted. The veins in his arm, people, that's the tell. If you're <laughs> ever fighting with someone and you start to choke them, look for the veins to bulge. Forehead, arms, they don't lie. And I don't know, though, Kev. I mean, asleep. Condit is just such a rage guy. He's just always vein popping. So you never know. <laughs> yeah. I do at this particular moment, I guess. <laughs> this one, I feel confident. So, Kev, I know you were asking me if I'd like to see that. I get the impression, yes, as you've mentioned, that it's something you want to see as well. However, we have to take some house cleaning right now, which is a very important question. I think you know where I'm going. Does Maya fight um, ruthless Robbie Lawler? No. Do I fight Damian Maya? Because I don't think that sounds fair, Rob. Uh, I'm not closing the door on that one yet. Because you're tall, and I have met him before, and we got along well. However, I did tell him some things you've said. Ooh, that would that would that would be tough. In no, kids. It would just be like because <laughs> he looks like someone that would hurt you through pressure, just to teach yeah. you a little bit about like what that what it feels like. Because you know it's. But can we talk about the fact that he also has this philosophy of he doesn't want to hurt you more than he has to. Unbelievable. And you get that about him because <laughs> he, he can say those sorts of things. If I'm ever getting a pass on somebody, it's because I have to hurt them as much as I can. Unbelievable. It was, but, uh, it was remarkable. Uh, but, Kevin, the real house cleaning issue we have to do, and this is where I will defer the floor to you. I'm working on an article. I could use some Kevin Phillips help because this is – Deep in your wheelhouse. I need three reasons why Carlos Condit should not retire. One, 
he might have just fought the best no-gi jiu-jitsu fighter in history, and everyone's still just a little confused. So there's no reason to be discouraged about a submission loss, because that shit happens. Two, greatest fucking striker in the division still, in my opinion. Name two people that's outstrike him. It's not like he's getting knocked out by people. Let's just remember, contextually, when you only fight the best possible person at that moment over and over again and you're still arguably beating them in like half these calls a few decisions go the other way they should have career looks a little differently three what a beautiful specimen of man beast and talent to even consider not giving us the gift of the lows i mean come on the guy still looks fierce great blue shorts choice that looked awesome uh, ripped, you know. There's a, there's a lot to be said about knocking out the next person in line, and, and mm. I think it's going to go well. I think this is an interesting. First of all, thanks for not letting me down. That was uh, almost verbatim what I thought the arguments would be. Okay. Well, good to say out loud. I know, and we it, love you. How's <laughs> don't do this. Just <laughs> stick around. I thought it was really sad at the press conference. I mean, he was doing a good job. He wasn't saying anything. He was really on message, which was, I got to go talk to my family and my camp. And uh, I thought that was, you know, that's the standard answer. And then we got a little bit later in the night. And I think once I asked him about the third or fourth time, and he let out that statement, you know, I don't even know if I should, I mean, honestly, if I should be fighting in this ring with these guys anymore. I mean, the level that they're at, I just don't even know if I belong here. And that was crushing. But the even more crushing thing, and I think this is the more telling aspect of what he was talking about, was he was admitting that he doesn't know if he can take those shots anymore. Yeah. So here's the question I'll pose to you before I get to some more analysis, Kev, which is as we go into being great fans, because we are great fans, we love the sport. At what point does the fighter's needs outweigh what we want? At the moment they think it does. That's mm. that's the uh, appropriate time. And, you know, if you're feeling... Here's what I'll say, Raph, and I think this is the appropriate answer. One, come on over to grappling. We'll take you. Think about uh, all the not getting hit in the head that you'll do on your way to super fights at, say... EBI or wherever the fuck ever, uh, we're going to love you. Don't even worry about it. And I think he would thrive just focusing on jiu-jitsu. So if he's at all feeling like physically it's the time or he knows it is, bon voyage, his safety over our asses. But it's so tough because, and I'll tell you why, again, this is all a preview of an article I'd like to work on. Like Who knows? I may put it up. 84. It did feel like it does feel like that at times. I I think he is he is thinking about the long term effects it will have on him, and he's not wrong to do so. And he's not wrong to say that sort of stuff and to have concerns. But I have questions. These questions include, but are not limited to the following: How does he do in a rematch against Tyrone Woodley? This bugs me, and I know it bugs him, and I think it is the primary reason why he hasn't called it a day, because I think he was working to make his argument to fight Tyrone Woodley again, because he mentioned as early as last week that, you know what, 
he's pretty sure he could beat him still. Like, that was just last week. And if that wasn't a better indication as to where his mentality is right now, I don't know what is. But I think that he's there's a part of him that's still in the game. But when he says he can't take a shot anymore, he, I don't think he's just talking about the fights. I think he loves being in the cage, and I think he likes that, that rush and that drug. I think it's about the actual grueling work that he has to go through and endure to be in that kind of fight shape. And to that, I am sympathetic. However, I still think he's got fight in him. And if I am a betting man, I do not think we have seen the last in him. But I will pose the second question. I'll put it back to you, Kevin, which is, do you feel he has unfinished business? Are there other people for the sake of seeing fights, big money fights, almost in the same category as a Diaz, which is eh, maybe they don't fight for a title. But when they fight, it's going to be for a reason. And who should those people be? Yeah, well, the first person that comes to mind is GSP. If he's thinking about coming back for a little soiree, just a little midnight ride. Two, there are tons of people. And frankly, if Maya says, like, let's say, let's go back to your scenario and let me paint what, one quick money fight for you, Carlos. Uh, somebody's got to fight Lawler. And if they're like, you know, let's save Maya for whoever wins this Wonderboy Thompson Tyrone Woodley fight because both of those guys are young mm. and relatively seemingly unin you know very hard to break. Uh, you know, throw them at it. <laughs> like, let's mm. do this. This works great. So, really quickly, I could think of a few people I'd like to see him fight. And hey, maybe take a quick break. See if Dana will do an under the table deal. He goes over to Bellator, punches Rory McDonald in the face again because that sounds fun. Comes back. <laughs> And we've done that whole thing. Because, Kev, here's the important thing. And they mentioned this yesterday. This is the first submission loss for Condit since 2006 against Pat Healy. Really? It was Extreme Wars 3 Barrier Brawl, which, whoo-woo, <laughs> it was a huge one. We all remember where we were for Bay Area Brawl. But I was sipping a beer, I think. But think about these losses. His losses to Martin Katman, split decision. His loss to GSP, which you profess was very close, and I do too. It was a good match. I still thought GSP won. But decision. Lost to Johnny Hendricks. Decision. Tyrone Woodley, freak accident. Yeah, then that was, that was an injury one, right? Like you've got Robbie Lawler. In a fight that was so epic and that people loved so much from earlier this year that even Damian Maya, and this is part of the reason why I think he was crying, is because he said he felt he beat the real champion. Because in his heart, after watching Robbie fight that fight, I think that's where Maya was at. He felt that this was that title fight. So, yeah, I think it did hold the significance to him. And I think it told Maya that he's within striking distance of, of really getting that that title so I, I think that's why it was so you know everything just kind of rushed to him and i think that's why we were so excited about it even though it wasn't a title win might as well have been because con it's that good that's pretty cool now you got me kind of excited about that so anyway that is how i feel in that area uh look for it i may or may not write it up but those are my initial impressions of, as to why i feel he's still in the game you already did uh thinking sober Yes, thinking sober, <laughs> which sober is always thoughts. great. Sober reflections? Sober memories? 
Maybe I should just uh, rename the whole thing. You know, if you can't make Kevin remember it. There was a I I read it. I know you. It's great. <laughs> so uh, nice job on the titling, Kevin. Yeah, no, I love the idea of Kevin's like I read it. Okay, I read the get the fuck day. off my back. Well, there were other. So let's go back to Damian Maya has absorbed. Would you say fourteen strikes in four fights? Fourteen significant strikes. Yep. To give people an idea, let's go over to Anthony Pettis versus Charles. Charles Oliveira, mm-hmm. where Anthony Pettis took 53 significant strikes and Oliveira took 41 yeah. in one three-round bout. So just uh, to put it in perspective of how impressive what he's doing right now is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Anthony Pettis, winner via submission, thought he knocked him back <laughs> to life, which is... I like seeing Anthony Pettis a little cocky again. That felt yeah. good. Not to see him being like, I don't know what happened, man. Like he's somebody that has a little swagger and it always feels good when he when he's feeling it. Yeah. Wins via submission and he loves kicking people so hard that then he submits <laughs> them. And I saw some people being like, Really? Oliviera? It's like, hey, hey, people, let's just remember what happened before that guillotine, which was he very well of might have a rib or two broken. He got yeah. kicked so hard and looked so much smaller. Is this weight cut, this division change going to be, does it put Pettis back in in the money spots? According to him, of course, he wants to be in those money fights. He's got a personality that has to be in money fights for him to be not just interested, but as you mentioned, to have that swag and to truly be him at his, I guess, most amplified. It felt great to see him like that. Um I was concerned, you know, I, I could get to that point where you feel like a, I guess, a elderly Jewish parent where you're just like, are you eating? Are you okay? You okay? Did you call your mother yet? Because I felt like that whole time, every time I saw him do, you know, I mean, it's the fighter pose of putting your, your arms in the air and screaming at the camera. And I felt like when he did that, I was like, oh, God, it's ghastly shit. No, he might just fall over because he is hungry. And uh, he was professing a little bit later. He's like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'm great. Nah, diet was easy. It was just the last two pounds that were tough. And I was like, bull fucking shit. <laughs> None of that looked like that was easy. And second of all, how dare you lie to me? You know that you are the first thing you put into your mouth was food. And not just food, but buffet food. You were just like, oh, just feed it to me. I'm so hungry. I'm so sad. <laughs> you know they went. The, you know they did. But I think he understands it's a lucrative division for him and he can run with it. Uh, I think the funniest part was what he mentioned. I thought this was so great. Uh, in the uh, post-fight interview over on Fox Sports, Quan, he was talking about the fact that he had a very spiritual experience. And he's like, yeah, it was really hard up until his last two pounds and then it was a very spiritual experience. And I'm like, wait. Yeah, and I'm like, how much peyote were they giving you? I was like, what did they slip in that last one to boost his mood? They just broke up a Xanax or something with some... Are we not telling you, Sada? Because we won't. But were you in a desert? Ooh, that's a good good teller question. Mm. Were any of the people that were in the room with you then currently at Burning Man? (laughs) What did you have to trade to get whatever pills they gave you? 
That's what I love. And I can't have got you to can let us me. loose on the fighters after these fights. <laughs> we ask the questions that are hard to come up with. Yeah, if you have to tell me what you thought of what would be your skills for trade at Burning Man, because I think you understand this world better than I do. I'm obviously, I think comedy. No. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that you like got together like a dirt pit and you're like, all right, everybody, whoever wants to learn grappling, come over here. I'm really deficient drugs, so I'll exchange. That would be kind of an awesome like setup. Take, bring mats. That mm-hmm. hadn't occurred to me. I had thought about like maybe like so, see, I was going too desperate. You're right. I should go a little bit more artistic. Uh, plus, Victoria is an artist, so mm-hmm. I always thought that that would be like a super easy, just smart. Give her some chalk colors and. In a charge, but like be the business side. <laughs> Listen here, this girl's got good talent here, okay? You're gonna pay real nice. Uh else? most recently I also just assumed I'd be like, Well, I'll bring so much weed edibles that people will just uh you know give me Molly. But awesome. that's that's just how my mind has thought about I've been thinking about Burning Man a lot this week. <laughs> to Raph's point. No, you haven't. That's yeah. a lie. How would you ever think about Burning Man? That's crazy. Yeah. That mm-hmm. uh, free society in the desert. Yep. Based off of that guy burning the effigy with his girlfriend. Anyway, <laughs> it's a little taste of what I know about Burning Man. Raph, <laughs> I love seeing this Pettis up and about. And may I mention something I noticed? Of course. No other Pettis on this card. Yeah. Fighting alone, Pettis beats the shit out of his opponent and submits him. Big Brother Pettis seems distracted. Just well, might have you know, we did it. talk to Sergio, and that was something that they said they were going to work on. So, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Paige Van Zant dancing with the star season. Whatever's. Don't try it. Page. Don't pretend like you know. I if know it's not the Bachelor it. or the Bachelorette, I know you don't know it. I don't. And who can keep track? Like I feel like I watched the first episode when I the first season when I was in middle school. My parents mm-hmm. were enjoying it. Paige Van Zant is doing some jumping antics that drew some ire from the Stan, the old fashioned hyper talker. Well, okay, but Brian Stan was quoting the corner of hers, yeah. who was saying... Brian's got to calm down a little bit. You know, hey, I, I overheard in the corner that they were telling uh, Paige, you've got to stop with that flying shit, and you've just won by flying shit. Okay, good. And she puts her in the face at the beginning of round two. I thought it was a really awesome ode to the gymnastics gold medal. <laughs> as well as just a cool tribute to her dancing with the stars lessons learned of for I think everyone else is an idiot. She's just branding herself dickheads. She wants to make the morning shows. Now she will. She danced her way into a victory. That's what everyone's going to say. That's what Paige is going to be saying when oh, she wait, hold on. I have come on the today show. I have a better one. She didn't dance her way to a victory. Uh, she basically Helped Beck Rawlings see the stars. <laughs> You're that is okay. good. Hold on, I just wrote myself. Simon Cow gave it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin, I can't hear you. I'm just writing myself a check on okay. behalf of Verbal Tap for that <laughs> joke. Um, yeah, here's what I have to do. say. I'm I'm angry about this because look, 
we can all admit this. Paige Van Zandt is a very pretty girl. And I think that people like to shit on that. Like, she's not a real fighter or whatever. I think she has a particular skill set. I think that she she's good for not just the division, but for the UFC. She's very marketable. The fact that she did Dancing with the Stars, that's not for us. That's for our fucking parents. My dad texts me every fucking UFC and is like, is Paige on this one? Son, Paige was, you know, she she got robbed by the judges. And I was like, I thought so too, dad. In that one MMA fight, no, 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 no. You know, the, the loud one, he was just like, yeah, eight out of ten. And I'm like, wait. No, he's still talking about the fucking Dancing with the Stars. They said on the broadcast, I would enjoy, I would like to hear your dad's thoughts later on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> uh, but I... They said she was really excited to get back to fighting because she missed the grind of fighting. I was like, really? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy person. That's they're playing who up the really facts. Getting hit in the head. Yeah, but they're playing up the fact that she's competitive and yeah, you know she trains with you know a, a pretty intense camp. Just in terms of how crazy they go. So yeah, I can see how competitive you'd want to be in that environment. I just think it's funny that you have all these people who are hating on her and just expect her or want to see her lose just because she's pretty and okay cool whatever dude you know what she did the whole dancing with the stars thing i think that's fine i feel by the next two fights we have to have an agreement that win or lose we have to really ease out that fucking language because we're fight fans so i don't think there's any more reason we need to talk about dancing with the stars it happened great for her but what the fuck does that have to do with anything? There was one reporter, and I kid you not, and this is where you can tell I'm mad because my voice is starting to amp up. There was one reporter who literally asked her, did Dancing with the Stars teach you anything that you used in preparation for this fight? No, no, it didn't, you fucking moron. <laughs> Yeah, Dancing with the Stars taught me a fucking puree in the fucking air, and that's when I got the crane kick to kick the fucking living shit out of that person. Also, I need to bring this up because we put up another meme about this too. This was not our meme, okay? This was from our good friends as, at, as shopped as it gets. They put up a very funny meme. A lot of people have followed suit, but they get the credit. As shopped as it gets. Put up the <clears throat> faux crane kick or just, you know, the kick in the air with Miyagi from the Karate Kid giving a, an approving look. It's a very funny meme, right? Very. Okay. <clears throat> this is hilarious because these are the type of comments we get in here. We got somebody who said, uh, not a crane kick, jumping roundhouse, Yair Rodriguez used it to knock out his, and it says a point out as well. I think they meant opponent. But it, they spelled it A-P-P-O-I-N-T. Well, they were going to spell it correctly, but they choked on their haterade. <sighs> but, like, the best part is I love that they're trying to tell us, like, uh, hold your horses. It wasn't actually a crane kick. For all intents and purposes, fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> okay? Shut it, the fuck up. It counts. <sighs> anyway, it's a great fucking knockout. About it. Kudos yeah. to her. And... Uh, hopefully she even puts together something even more nice uh, as she goes forward. If she loses, big deal. She's made a great statement for the UFC. She's clearly somebody who likes fighting. Performance of the night. Hope her well. 
she got a, a performance of the night kill. Yep. And fight of the night, as no well surprise. as w- one of your more astute memes, <laughs> asked for this to be an annual thing, and I agree. Fight of the night goes to Joe Lozon versus Jim Miller that went to a decision <laughs> somehow. Because I think if the two of them walked into like a solid F2 tornado, that would also go to a decision, probably. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable fight. We got some jiu-jitsu. We got some MMA. We got yep. some serious striking. It was unbelievable. A lot of you brought up some fight metrics earlier. We'll get back to that. But, Kev, who do you think won the fight? You know, uh, you could have gone either way. I kind of thought I seemed to think Lozon had more control, but I watched the first round today and that kind of stunned it. But I didn't watch the other four. I wanted to again, but uh, two rounds. So I was okay with it. Okay, here's what I'll tell you. I thought I was the big winner. I I don't really. I mean, (laughs) clearly these guys, both of them hate themselves because they didn't get a knockout finish. So no matter what the internet says, it can't be worse than what they're telling themselves. I think in their brains, somewhere deep-seated in there, and I think Miller alluded to this as much later on, they know they put together good fights. In fact, I think Miller was saying in his post-interview that he said um, something to the effect of, you know, the first time we were doing it and we got out, I think, into the second round or first round or something like that, and we go, this is something special. And he goes, and it felt like that tonight as well. And that's fucking true because when they go together – I think they just recognize that they both like trying to end the fight to the best of their abilities. So let's put that out there. Great fight. Nobody loses, but somebody has to lose inside the octagon. Now, here's my thoughts. Jim Miller looked very sharp on the feet to the point where I thought that he did enough to merit the win. Now, why did he merit the win? Well, first of all, if you look at all of the actual CompuFight scores, he was outstriking on the significant strikes. And in two out of the three of the rounds, he was outstriking him on total strikes. Now this comes into the question of how do you perceive what was going on on the ground? Credit to Joe Lazan for getting those takedowns. That is hard work. And I think... He was timing them well, but the issue is, Kev, that I had, I didn't see him utilize that control more than just using it as control. And I think that's where I kind of was like, no, I think Miller's still going to eke this out. And so I found that the deciding factor was still Miller's crisper punches. Can you somehow go with that or do you have a differing opinion? I don't wildly differ because there was a small – I was impressed with Jim Miller's grappling as well because I thought when he got on the ground with Lozon, he was in trouble. He seemed pretty apt. I mean, he was able to defend a lot of submissions, and it wasn't necessarily for lack of positional attempt and advancement. Um, but I do tend to think it always surprises me, and maybe this is a conditioning thing, when the guy who spent more time on top doesn't win. Yeah, that just confuses me. So I think right off the bat, there is a defensible like, yeah, it's hard to keep track of that because they've had a pretty seriously consistent viewpoint with the uh, top. So uh, I just found it hard that if you're on top, you have to be getting out more shots from there. And I thought that Miller was doing a good job of countering when he could. But I still agree. The top control did go to 
Joe was on. I still didn't feel that there was any threats in there. The only real submission attempt, if we're being honest, really came at the end when there was kind of that scramble and he was going to that armbar. The rest of it was Jim Miller and his amazing defense getting back to his feet multiple times. Anyway, it made the fight entirely, entirely entertaining. So this is why I love people on the internet as well because the meme that we put up was, yes, as you alluded to, dear UFC, if you can just schedule Lausanne versus Miller every year, that'd be great. We stand by that because despite what Joe Lausanne told Miller, allegedly – uh, as Miller was uh, talking with Brian Stanwich after the end of the fight, he was like, no, we're done. That's it. And part of me wondered if you had Joe Lazan being like, you know what, dude, I probably didn't win this one. But even if he figured that he might have done enough to secure the fight, I think he just figured that's a war, dude. That cuts off some years of life because those two were were going for it. But what I do love about individuals on <laughs> our newsfeed and whatnot uh, – <laughs> Would love to see it, especially if the judges got it right next time. This is from the Edgeland podcast, of which I have to say I'm very sorry. You believe that. Uh, another person uh, who put up, bullshit decision. They got it wrong all wrong again. No. Uh, anyway. It was definitely, I just again, really close. I think that's the idea. The person who's probably the closest to it was uh, this individual who wrote... Uh, we need a five-round fight. I'd like to see them headline a fight night sometime. I would, too. Let's make it seven, nine, fuck it. Add a round or six. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I've never seen anybody uh, amidst all this turmoil of meh. <laughs> Somebody just put no blood, by the way. Um, but amidst all of this turmoil on this uh, this thread we had, somebody put, Always will be close, entertaining fight. I predicted Jim Miller by split decision. Who predicts split decisions? This guy. So kudos to you, dude. You- that is impressive. <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm impressed. In the multiples of which you can uh, predict a fight going, congratulations. That's a you tough did one it. to get. Yep. Yeah. I, I loved that fight. It was just so fucking exactly what we wanted it to be. Yeah. That's the last of them I saw. Yes. You posted Sam Smiling Sam Alvey. Yes. Who's got some cool statistics as well. I like that you're getting some analytic drops, by the way. Trying to. There's another reason to go to iTunes. Leave us five stars. Uh, Let the world know. It helps. And follow us on social media. That's for you. That's that's not for us. That's for you. That's for the team. So (laughs) here's what I'll say about this. Uh, I feel that it's always interesting to bring in fight metrics because no matter how many things you prove to those people who were like, Joe Lazon won, it's like, first of all, it's not like we dislike Joe Lazon. We just have a belief that Jim Miller did some more in a close fight. You can say these things all the time. But if you really want to get down to facts, we can show you the fight metrics that show. No, no. Well, where are we going to talk about? If we don't have statistics and numbers, feelings, well, it's going to be a short conversation. So, yes. Uh, But, however, the stats don't lie on this one, which is our good friend Sam Alvey pulled out a win over Kevin K.O. Casey. Well, I guess now it's TKO. But it was a good fight. I mean, Alvey was smart. He played it a little uh, loose in the way that he was letting Kevin Casey kind of uh, get out his distance, use a little bit more of his power. And there were a lot of people saying there was going to be a big power difference between the two. 
But uh, Alvy looked like he kind of shook it off in the second round, got the knockout, and timed it just right. And I have to say, again, this is some Stanwich commentary. Uh, he was saying at which point he just goes, you know, you got to say the one thing I think we could see a little bit more improvement from Sam Alvey is this ability to look like he's just going with one overhand as if he wants to end it with just one punch. And I wanted to say on the microphone, you talking about him? Mm, you talking about somebody else he trains with? <laughs> Where could he have possibly have gotten that from? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, I guess unrelated story. Uh, Sam Alvey wants to fight with uh, his teammate and mentor, Dan Henderson, in Manchester when Hendo takes on Bisping later Ooh. this fall. So I he's like trying that. to get on board. He doesn't give a fuck who it is. He just wants to fight somebody there. Uh, I'm sure they can make that happen. Mm. You know, they like sending redheads to England. Just Absolutely. makes more sense. Yep. For everybody. Uh, I didn't see it. Kyle... Buchniak beats Enrique Barzola. Yeah, a lot of people were saying the judges got it wrong on this one. You could make a case there. I think that one's a little bit closer than the previous one. Guys, the judges are always going to get it wrong for half of the fighters. (laughs) Gareth McClellan passes out next to Alicio Di Chirico. (laughs) He passes out, yeah. Was it a triumphant moment of their... Well, they were, you know, they just fought a war with each other, and it was a good fight. They were definitely uh, up for it. They gave it all they had. But, man, did they have the best slumber party on the floor. We, we, another thing Raph and I do after mm-hmm. the bell rings, it's like, ah, oh, great two-minute round. I just lay <laughs> here for a few. I think there's a lot of photos that would support that evidence. <laughs> there's going to be eventually throughout our career just of going to seminars and things together or just these collection of pictures of you and I either stretching or passed out. People are like, you notice they're laying down a lot? I I hadn't until I did it empirically. I guess that's the thing is now that there's a master's worlds, I know that I can't be competitive at, they're going to have to create a master's master's worlds where I'm going to be like, look, Lovato's at that master's. I will be at a different one. Whichever one he's at, I remember the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was another great meme and uh, you were like, uh, Lovato's fighting. So rest in peace, <laughs> senior masters heavyweight. <laughs> I just, I, I've enjoyed the fact that he is, I don't know, enjoying where he is in life right now. But that he, with such childish glee, maybe two weeks ago, does a tee who did you just sign up for Masters? We did. I couldn't resist it. Let's go. It's like, that's the worst to see Lovato being like, I can't resist. And the dreams of every person just crushed thinking to themselves. It was a good run. I had a shot at this. So, uh. I'm just going to start visualizing success and winning silver. That's, uh, a, again, astute advice for anyone competing. Yep. Uh, let's shoot over Felipe Silva beats Shane Campbell via TKO. Yup. Also, Scariest Tattoos wins that fight. Chad Laprie TKOs Thebolt Huti. <laughs> and Jeremy Kennedy defeats Alessandro Ricci. 
mm-hmm. putting a hole in the abs theory. Again. Mm. Uh, just for once. It has to happen every so often. It did have to eventually happen. What a week. Rory heads over to Bellator. Uh, again, thanks to him for swinging by. Mm. Great fights. They're on a tear right now. Last two events have been unbelievable. They've been really stellar. Yeah, I, I am intrigued to see where we head from this because uh, there was not a single moment where they forgot to mention uh, CM Punk is fighting in a couple weeks. So that's happening. Do you know that, Kev? Did you know CM Punk is fighting? I so I I'm, I don't follow pro wrestling, so I don't mm-hmm. think I would have seen the commercials. <laughs> they uh, spent maybe about ninety percent of the show being like, "And CM Punk coming up in two weeks," and it's like, do people want to see this? I have to tell you this, Kev. Uh, Kelly and I we actually watched uh, the CM Punk documentary that they did, and they're doing them very nicely. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a little nerve wracking, if you know what I'm saying. I'm very nervous already. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we've got a lot of unknown. There's been a lot of titles changing hands as well as we head into the home stretch. So let's all be cautious. It's fall though, Raph. It's a beautiful time out in the air. Everybody's going back to school. The days are shorter. Sweaters are thicker. Things are good. <laughs> yeah, it gets really tough out there. Positive. I'm gonna go to it. It's uh, geese season. You know, that's mm-hmm. always nice. Everybody, you don't really have winter, so you don't have to. It's not something you worry about. Oh, it's still no gee to me right now. Okay, that's gonna do it for us tonight. What an awesome fight night! Thank you, Carlos Condit. Thank you, Damian Maya. Masters Worlds was phenomenal. Raph's been training. I've been training, which means it's time for shout outs. I'll start. Such a blast to see the Hibiero team fighting. Get to train with those guys. Be a part of the uh, be a part of the action. Monday, it was really cool to see what Jibera takes people through in preparation before the fight. And it's a lot of like grip work and just working some of your favorite passes and sweeps in repetition and doing a lot of cool drilling followed by light rolls. Uh, so tons of fun. It's been cool to see the inside of that. Saw Will out there fighting. Won a few fights. Got to watch Travis Hippa fight. What's the one? It was one of the first second brown belt fights I turned on. There was the. I was like, hey, that guy choked me out two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, there's Jibera right <laughs> behind him coaching, and then to see the Hibiero dominance at the top as that young upstart in that Masters 1 division uh, sussed out a closure with another guy that I was just really, you know, it's good to see him land on his feet competitively, Shanji. Mm, yeah. Just another good um, Jason Bircher also fought, watched him get in there, and saw a few of the Dave Jacobs crew, some people I used to train with back in Virginia. Mm. It's always fun to, to watch the crews. And I did see the pictures of Paul. So, shout-outs to the Masters crew. It's going to do it for me, Rafa Sparza. want to start with a big shout-out to our good friend Stephen Martinez. Things did not go his way at Bellator over the weekend, so obviously we're bummed out by this. But, you know, the thing I love about Stephen Martinez is he is a major competitor. And uh, he put up a Facebook post, and he's like, if you don't believe I'm obsessed with getting back in the gym and choking people, you don't know me. 
I am already thinking of a million ways of how I would have done that differently and what I'd like to do next time. So I will be back. And having been someone who has been beaten up by Steven Martinez, I have to say to his training partners, I'm very sorry for what that means. Uh, I also want to thank the fans right now, Kev. There's been some great stuff going on online that I, I don't even know. I mean, we kind of mentioned it with the fight stuff that happened over the weekend. But there's a meme that we put up uh, this week that was when Coach reveals he let you have the submission. And it's a face of uh, Conor McGregor kind of like intensely looking like he's hurt and trying to grit through some pain while sitting on a stool in between the rounds of his Diaz fight. While one of his coaches comes over and whispers and is just having a shit-eating grin on his face. My favorite thing about this, and it has about 400 likes, so I think people seem to enjoy it, is the number of people who wrote in the fucking comment section, I don't get it. I'll read you a few. These are different people, by the way. I don't get it. Huh? What? I'm confused. One person actually tagged a bunch of other people who said they were confused and just go, what the fuck? I'm with all you guys. What the fuck? Which I think is redundant, but whatever. And somebody who goes, uh, ooh, I get it. Oh, wait. No, I don't. And then somebody put, waits for somebody to explain. I don't need to explain that. I guess if you've never experienced someone who's beaten the shit out of you, who magically lets you get a submission on them and you're like, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm doing pretty okay there. And then they do that magic of letting you know, like, Hey, that was a really cool transition. You know, I was been, I've been working on this new section from that position and I just wanted to see what would happen if you did that. And then the soul crushing part of your heart, just exploding and going, oh, he let me have that submission. So we're playing on that. However, I do love the amount of people who are like, I don't get it. But <laughs> they needed to form a support group, which nothing tickled me more than that this week. So to all of you who did get it, I guess, awesome. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. So you're part of our cool community here. Shout out to <laughs> Donald Cowboy Cerrone for getting his black belt. Uh, perhaps overdue, Kev. Maybe, you think? I have no idea. I just know I'm nervous. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Carlos Condit. Obviously, uh, you're still a great fighter, but we want to say this. You're a fan uh, or a friend of the show, but uh, you definitely proved one thing wrong to Kev this week, which is an undying love for WWE BJJ, which is always great when Kevin's favorite people tend to enjoy that just as much, if not more, than Kevin. So I just wanted to say, Kevin, what was your reaction when I sent you that video? I... I guess I got obviously excited that I could see him doing something he seemed to enjoy so much. Um, and again, I'm just upset I missed out on it. I just missed out on my chance, Raph. <laughs> but would you have pegged him as being one of those guys who would fool around and for be as dumb like that? So for sure, no. I, I would have. <laughs> they were like, hey, when was the last time Carlos had fun? It was like, I don't know. <laughs> 96 i think there was a birthday party <laughs> those times that we interviewed him i mean i think he had fun then but i can't prove it um okay uh let's do this i also want to thank uh my good friend octavio villanueva he it was his last day over at valley martial arts center on i think it was last thursday 
And, you know, it's an important note, and I, I will write something about this later, but, uh, you know, I'll always run into Octavio. He and I will always work together, so I'm not really sad about it. He's not moving away or anything. Um, but when you guys have good training partners like him, it is a testament to that. So if you guys have a good training partner every once in a while, tell them they're a good training partner because that shit's really good because you don't realize how many good training partners you have until – you know, life changes or things change and you don't get to train with them as much. So uh, sometimes you are living in the now. So just, I guess, remember that. So kudos to him. I look forward to seeing and beating him up a little bit later, but uh, it's very cool stuff for him. So wishing him the best on that. And I guess in our last note, we want to go ahead and uh, send some big shout outs to our gyms. Uh, That would be Valley Martial Arts Center. They just had a uh, training session or a seminar with Kit Dale. So we got to catch up with him. We have an interview that's going to be exclusive to Verbal Tapcast. So uh, look for that on our YouTube page coming up in the next couple days. And Kev, uh, would you like to know one of the questions I asked him? Yes. Uh, there's one question where I said, hey, you know, so you've been missing for a little while. I just needed to ask you a question that's been on everybody's minds, which is, how steroids been? <laughs> According to the internet, you're on steroids. So how's that going? <laughs> Pretty fun. And if, if, well, if you like those kinds of questions from the one and only Rafa Sparza, then I think you're in for a fun interview. Uh, Kit's always a a good sport. So we only uh, got a few minutes to catch up, but we also, he gives a great seminar. Uh, (laughs) We had a great seminar. We also got to bust in some new mats uh, at the academy, which uh, my back and my knees and basically all of my joints. Thank VMAC for that. So that'll do it for that set. But I would like to end the show by saying a big set of thank yous to our good friends at Breakdown Academy. So it has come up this week that unfortunately Breakdown Academy has come to a closure. I know. Cue moans and sadness. Unfortunately, the gym is closing. However, uh, one of the greatest things that I really did get to appreciate from that gym was the type of instruction from our good friend John Evans, who just, by the way, did commentary and crushed it uh, for uh, the old people worlds. Yeah. world. forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very happy for him to be catching up with his good friend, Sean Williams. But I have to tell you guys this. I hope that many of you never have to experience the closure of your gyms or see your friends have to close a gym because it does get a little sullen. And those of you who have been in this particular place, you know how it feels. So this goes along with what I'm telling you guys about, I guess, appreciating your training environment because it is so nice. And I guess you forget those times when everything seems normal and you take it for granted. But I think the thing that I got a little... uh sad about as we were starting to close down the gym was I realized I won't be able to train with all of these people on the regular basis that I used to. So I think that always kind of sticks out. So, you know, if I'm a betting man, again, much like I am with Damien and Maya and uh, our good friend Carlos Condit, I would assume that John will reopen some kind of gym and still be teaching because he's an amazing teacher. But I would just like to say to you, I guess the message is always to be good to your teachers, your fellow Uh, people who are good training partners. But more importantly than that, I guess I would say this, is uh, a big set of thank yous to everybody at that gym who always pushed me and made me better and to John himself for creating an environment that fostered creativity, good training, and more importantly, um, good sportsmanship. Everybody there, part of the reason that we like those people 
is because they were always super nice. So if you guys are looking for places to train or you want to ever train with John, you're always welcome to get in touch with him. He is the nicest guy in the world. And uh, as I would say before, it sounds like we will be probably seeing him sooner than later pop up somewhere else. So again, my thanks to the gym, the people I train with, and John Evans for a great run. And probably the ellipsis to probably will be a longer story. And that'll do it for me. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Carlos. I'm still here. Oh, Rory. Oh, God. I thought I muted you.